Coming to you from the Spirit Lounge, I'm your host, Lily. With me is my co-host, Vanessa, and this is the Haunted Happy Hour Podcast. Welcome back to the Spirit Lounge for another happy hour. Welcome all. How's it going, Lily? Going good. We're uh, recording on a different day today. That that we are. Today is actually our Friday. It is. So uh, we actually started our happy hour pretty early. As soon as work was done. We said, pop them open. Exactly. We cracked one open. Actually, more than one. So... And we're continuing on when we get into our drink in a little I bit. I know. So it's a it's a busy Friday. It is. So I stopped by for our dinner. I know. Since we were going to be recording during our normal dinner time, you're like, oh, let me just pick up something to eat. Yeah. So Sylvis, Illinois has a little establishment that mm-hmm. we love mm-hmm. and we've loved it ever since we were kids. Mm-hmm. And it's called Porky's. Best name ever. <laughs> exactly (laughs) so this place is awesome but we love their tenderloins it's so good that's our favorite part so freaking good i think and i don't know like i'm probably biased but those are my favorite tenderloin sandwiches that i've ever had i think so i love them i I, mean their burgers are good too but tenderloins and i I think i like them though because they're so simple Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you can really taste like the tenderloin itself it's I know. not they're not hiding anything they it's, it's so good we love them so shout out to tenderloins so great great friday with drinks and porkies also i want to give a bourbon cream update <laughs> <laughs> news, news flash this justin when was it when we went to california uh-huh. what oh, was yeah, that a few weekends right. ago mm-hmm. so we were low in stock on our bourbon cream and um, god forbid god forbid <laughs> our sister-in-law she heard about that what'd she do she comes in asking for orders because there's a Benny's near her that has them yes. in stock like nothing nobody people there apparently don't care about it i guess here (laughs) i mean like here in our area we're like where the heck is it right you can't you can't find it can't find it Mm -mm. and so she was like oh yeah it's like there's like tons of them on our shelves i'm like what (laughs) where has this been (laughs) anyway so she started taking our orders i remember that i remember you asked me you're like oh do you want any and i was like yeah give me two (laughs) (laughs) one to have asap (laughs) and one to just like have as a backup (laughs) special occasions (laughs) (laughs) so also she brought us the root beer though oh you're from the distillery i forgot about that benny's has them i forgot and this root beer though like it is that was actually really good yeah love and so i officially got to try it like they serve it in the distillery yeah because i gave it to lily Mm -hmm. with what was it like a and w or something like that yeah and so she officially had the distillery Mm -hmm. root beer it was delicious delicious (laughs) exactly and also another shout out to our (laughs) sister-in-law for bringing those to us Well, wait, though, before we started recording, you got another bourbon cream update. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. Literally, <laughs> like, literally seconds ago. Literally seconds ago. Another beep, 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 beep. It's just in. <laughs> so my husband texted me a picture 
of this shelf, a large shelf, somewhere here in town, has all of these drinks. Yeah. Bourbon, cream, plus a lot of the other bourbons. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, where in the world is this? Where's this location hiding? Where are you? Where are you? So (laughs) that was another big surprise. And you're like, well, might as well get one just in case. (laughs) Just (laughs) Just in case. What? I don't know. Just in case a bourbon cream emergency happens. Even though I still have the ones that our sister in law gave us. Have you opened them yet? Uh, no. Neither have I. I'm, I'm rationing. <laughs> okay, so I have. You need I to get like a dropper and just get like one drop. A milliliter. We still have a, a couple of them yeah. from our trip. I'm still short, though. I'm short. <laughs> bottle i think in our last episode i said that i'm rationing right and i'm guarding them right so i'm totally guarding these new batches (laughs) oh my god i think you have what now you're gonna have like four bottles (laughs) yeah so i texted my husband just grab one just in case (laughs) just in case you never know so yes needless to say we (laughs) needless to say it's a Buffalo Trace emergency <laughs> and we need a ration. Oh, that's And so great. we highly recommend. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I just wanted to remind everyone two weeks until our anniversary episode. Woo. Two weeks from when you guys are listening to this episode. Mm-hmm. So that'll be exciting. That's exciting. We have... A guest that'll be coming in to join us and special guest. Yeah, they're a great friend of the show. So we're excited to have them on. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, in honor of our anniversary, we'll be talking about prohibition and gangsters and all the like. Yes. Woo. So that'll be an exciting topic. We're also going to have special drink features. Yes. For the episode and a little little anniversary surprise. Yep. Yep. So. That'll be exciting. So tune in for that one. Yeah, I'm excited for that episode. It'll be a great one to uh, to record. But as far as today's episode, what do we have going on? So today we have a theater that hosts spirits and a library that has had world renowned investigators. So sit back, get comfortable and pull up a drink. But before we get into it, though, let's talk about today's drink feature as if we need another drink. Oh, my gosh. To add on top of that. (laughs) So today's drink is the Orange Hawaiian Blossom. This drink is perfect for some summer fun or hosting a summer gathering, really. Mm -hmm. It has gin, triple sec, orange juice and pineapple juice. So this one looks fun, summery. It does. And I love the uh, yeah. addition of the orange slices. Yep. Check out our picture on our socials yes. so you can see. Lily's going to take a swig. I'm going to try it right Cheers now. It. Cheers it. Cheers. Happy hour has begun in the spirit lounge. Lily's taking a swig. Because she, re- AKA because she really needs a big swig. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I think I'm, I think I'm good. <laughs> This one's this one's good. It does remind you of beaches or something. Beaches, yeah. Mm -hmm. You could really sip this one poolside. Honestly, it's so fresh. Mm -hmm. It's funny because I don't even really taste the alcohol in it. Really, I don't. That might be the previous happy hour talking. (laughs) (laughs) Because what is in here? Uh, Gin and triple sec. Mm -hmm. I don't taste it at all. That could be trouble at all. It's good though. (laughs) So 
What do you think? Ratings? I would say I'd probably do a three and a half. What about you, rating wise? Um, I would say a four, probably. It's it's summery, and I yeah. like that, and yeah. I like summer fun drinks, so I would probably say a four. May I paint the picture for you, though, you and the audience? Lily literally has our orange blossom drink, plus <laughs> she has a harp lager as well. <laughs> I do, and then I've had I had another one earlier. Or was it Modelo? I think it was a Modelo. Yeah. <laughs> It's a definite happy hour today. We're having fun. <laughs> definite, definite. We're having a fun session. Make sure you stay with us. <laughs> All right. So now that we have our drink, let's get into our first story. Sounds good. Artistic director and playwright Emily Mann said, When a theater goes dark for the night, a stagehand leaves a lighted lamp on stage. No one knows why anymore, but some old timers say it is to keep the ghosts away. Others say it lights the stage for the ghosts to play. Whichever theory one adheres to, most people agree a great theater is haunted. Located in downtown Decatur, Illinois, on North Main Street, the Lincoln Theater opened in 1916. Sadly, the Lincoln Theater is one of only two left standing today in Decatur, Illinois. However, the building was not the only one to exist on this site. The first building here was the Priest Hotel in 1860. In 1880, its name got changed to the New Deming due to a change in owners. In 1892, it was purchased again and renamed the Arcade Hotel. Unfortunately, in 1904, the building was destroyed due to a fire. A disastrous occurrence hit on April 21, 1915. A horrific fire broke out and destroyed the hotel, claiming two lives and damaging surrounding structures in its wake. The blaze was believed to have started because of some oily rags that were left near the hotel's boiler. A night watchman discovered them smoldering and tried to put them out, but was driven back by thick smoke. The blaze quickly spread. Firefighters arrived on the scene, but within minutes, smoke was soon billowing from the lower windows. Water began to be pumped from the trucks but because the smoke was too thick to enter the basement, the firefighters had no idea of the exact location of the fire. It was said that a roar came up from the crowd assembled in Lincoln Square when the first flames appeared. The fire came from the rear of the hotel and could be seen glowing through the front doors. The firemen began dragging hoses into the building, but within 10 minutes, the blaze had entered the walls and was eating through the roof of the hotel. At that point, Fire Chief C.W. DeVore began directing his men to turn their attention to the other buildings nearby, as there was no hope for the hotel. The nearby buildings were all saved, but the arcade hotel burned to the ground. Two men were killed in the fire. An engineer for the Decatur Bridge Company, 
and a traveling salesman from Lockport, New York. The bodies were found in the ruins, although several other hotel guests were never found. Whether or not they escaped from the inferno is unknown. What is known is that the disaster could have been much worse. If it had not been raining before the fire broke out, it's possible that the entire west part of downtown, including many homes, could have been destroyed. The hotel was never rebuilt and the Lincoln Theater took the older building's place. Being built on the site of a hotel destroyed by fire made the designers of the Lincoln Theater especially aware of the possible dangers. They were determined to make this building absolutely fireproof. But was that even possible? The theater was designed and built on a section of land that would be L-shaped with an entrance in the middle of the block. It had 1,346 seats and new mezzanine seating. To ensure that the place was fireproof, the original boilers were housed in the Odd Fellows building and separated from the theater by a thick firewall. This wall, which was about two feet thick, surrounded the entire building. The interior of the building was also carefully designed as the walls, floors, railings, ceilings, fixtures, and even the curtains were all said to be impossible to burn. Architect Charles Ashower claimed that the entire block could burn down, but this theater would be left standing. The formal and official grand opening took place at the end of the month, on October 27, 1916. The Lincoln opened to standing room only crowds of Decatur's finest citizens, dressed in black tie and formal wear and eager to see the new, glorious theater of which they had heard so much about. The first program to be presented was George M. Cohan's stage comedy, The Trail Holiday, starring Frank Otto. In addition to the show, speeches were given that night by Mayor Dan Deneen and by Clarence Waite, who once again bragged about the fireproof status of the theater and its solid and safe fire escapes. Vaudeville was very popular during this time, and the theater also hired an orchestra to provide music for all productions. Also, the theater hired an unknown actor-comedian, Bob Hope, to perform, and he would return often. One of the most enigmatic of the performers to allegedly appear at the Lincoln was the stage magician and master illusionist Harry Houdini. Houdini was not yet a worldwide sensation by the time that he came to the Lincoln in the 1900s, but he was well on his way to becoming one. According to Lincoln Theater legend, Houdini's visit has been permanently marked on the wooden stage of the theater by a narrow trapdoor that has been nicknamed the Houdini Hole. Below the hole, metal hooks are embedded into the ceiling of the basement as silent reminders of the magician's visit. Although movies had largely replaced live entertainment at the Lincoln, there were still special performances booked here on a regular basis. It was during one of these performances 
that the fireproof claims of the theater were first tested. In September 1942, Harry Blackstone returned to perform at the theater. The auditorium was filled with about 1,000 school children when fire broke out in the drugstore next door. Alerted to the danger of smoke entering the theater and the building catching on fire, Blackstone remained calm and jokingly told the audience that for his next trick, he was going to make them all disappear from the theater in five minutes. He then directed them to leave row by row out of the alley doors and out of the fire escapes in the balcony. He promised the children that they were assisting him in a marvelous new illusion, which he would explain to them outside. After he had successfully cleared the theater and learned that the danger was past, Blackstone is said to have sobbed with relief from the stress of his heroic evacuation of the theater. No damage was reported to the Lincoln. Apparently, it really was fireproof. In 1960, yet another fire broke out. This time, it did major damage to the section of the building that was located above the theater lobby. The building itself was only slightly damaged. The theater operated steadily for many years and was sold again in 1974 to Plitt Theaters, Inc. By the 1980s, it was handed off to the Carasotes chain who stripped the theater of valuable equipment, from projectors to the interior mechanisms of the speakers. The projectors in the Lincoln in recent years have been borrowed from private individuals and salvaged from the Rogers Theater. Eventually, the theater closed and by 1990, it was deteriorating. Luckily, the Lincoln came to the attention of a restoration group and some life has been brought back to the old place. Many still perform at this theater and many have encountered unexplainable events. Since the 1930s, there have been countless reports of spirit activity. Many believe that there are more than one spirit that walks the aisles to perform within the theater. One of the more famous spirits is that of Red. He was a stagehand at the Lincoln during the days of live performances. He was deeply attached to the theater and loved the place, working long shifts and coming to the theater on his days off just so that he could be among the actors and entertainers. It was said that Red always dreamed of becoming a performer himself, as he was a commanding presence with his bright auburn hair. But he was simply too quiet and shy to ever take the stage. He was content with working behind the scenes. Red's story goes, One day, he sat down to take a nap after his lunch one afternoon in 1927 and simply never woke up. He passed away in his sleep, leaving an impression behind. Soon after, people began to speak of a ghost at the Lincoln Theater. They immediately assumed that it was Red. Over the years, dozens of witnesses have reported strange sounds and footsteps in the otherwise empty theater, and these are sounds that cannot be explained. 
People have also reported whispers, strange voices, and even a shadowy apparition in the theater's balcony. However, the strange figure is not described as looking like Red, but rather as a woman in a long, old-fashioned dress. In addition, people have reported footsteps, cold chills, hearing strange sounds, and being touched when there is nobody else around. Other unexplained incidents have occurred around what may be the most haunted spot in the theater. It is a metal spiral staircase that is located in the back corner of the stage. Many witnesses claim to have had unearthly encounters on and around the staircase. For example, in 1994, an entertainer who was performing in a traveling production reported that he saw a man lurking on the staircase. He was in the back corner changing his costume when he heard a voice whispering to him. When he looked up, he saw a shadowy figure on the steps. He was unable to describe the figure, but he was convinced that it was a man. He complained about the presence to a nearby theater staff member, but when they checked the staircase, they found it empty. The man was gone, but there was nowhere that he could have vanished to. Oddly enough, the actor had no idea about the legends of the Lincoln Theater, nor that the staircase was rumored to be haunted. Could there be a large number of spirits still inside the building, drawn to the energy of almost a century of sadness, heartbreak, and tragedy? Today, the theater brings in many shows and bands. The theater wants to bring in people and make the Lincoln a destination location. Whether you're there to take in a show or hunt for spirits that may be lurking backstage, you are sure to get your money's worth. So, Lily, do you think there's something to these stories? I absolutely 100% do believe in them. Yes. I, I've heard of the, the Lincoln Theater just in either seeing that there are, you know, shows that I want to go see. Mm-hmm. And also, actually, yes, mm-hmm. I have heard that it, that it is haunted. Yeah. So, actually, this was an episode on America's Most Terrifying Places on the Travel Channel. Oh. Yeah. I didn't see that one. So, you can actually look it up on YouTube. That's where I found it. And it's actually pretty interesting. Oh, did you watch it? Mm-hmm. It's actually really good. And in the in the video, in the episode, they said the town of Decatur was built on the site of an old Native American burial ground. Oh, gosh. So they think that that's what also adds to all of the I'm activity. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And a lot of people that they had kind of just sharing their experiences mm-hmm. have talked on the show mm-hmm. about what had happened to them. Right. And one of them did say that he was like practicing his lines mm-hmm. or what have you on stage. And he did look up at like, I think what would have been the mezzanine okay. or up above right. the high seats there. He did see like something a, like a, what looked like a lady, oh, an wow. apparition of a lady looking down on what Jeez. he was doing. <laughs> and so he talked about like how he had chills and things. The idea 
of him telling that story actually did kind of freak me out as well. Cause I mean, can like you while, imagine? You're, while you're watching it while you're listening, yeah, because yeah. well, first of all, I watched it at night. So that didn't help. Right. Can you imagine though? It was <clears throat> crazy though, because that quote in the beginning that yeah. you read that said, what was it? And any good theater is haunted is haunted. Yeah. I was like, man, I thought that quote was perfect for this. So it said, whichever theory one adheres to, most people agree a great theater is haunted. Yeah. Yeah. That I believe that. I mean, and it's weird, though. Like, what really caught me was this whole fireproof deal. Oh, my gosh. It's like, I feel like it's crazy that so many theaters back in the early 1900s were so obsessed with being fireproof exactly. and then I thought the same thing and then weren't though yeah <laughs> it's like oh oops it's like we're not <laughs> but it kind of reminded me also of the theater the iroquois theater the, iroquois, that, the story yeah. that we did from chicago yeah. same concept yes they tried to mm-hmm. be fireproof right so it kind of paralleled with me on that idea which it, I mean, to me, it's like, yeah, yeah no wonder this place is haunted because so many people died in, well, that, yeah. in that first fire when the first one what was what was the first theater? The was it the arcade, the arcade theater yeah. when that mm-hmm. one burned out? Gosh, man, yeah, that one was crazy. Well, and the fact that the fact that they just kept rebuilding yeah. on top of that area over and over right. after all these tragedies were happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, like you said, no yep. wonder, it, yep. you know, good Lord. And then on top of that, with the whole Native American mm-hmm. area. Yeah. Well, you can actually look up the theater and they do have really good shows. I, I was they, looking yes, it up. Yes, they do. They do. Wow. I was really impressed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it kind of reminds me, if anyone knows the Quad Cities at all, it kind of reminded me of the theater that we have here, kind of like the Adler in oh, Davenport. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. And um, the people that actually look after it or maintain it, they're the friends of the Lincoln Square Theater. And it's a not-for-profit organization dedicated to reinventing the historical downtown of that area. Oh, that's cool. And so they want to bring tourism, you know, they want to promote that area. And they really want to just make this theater big again. So they're trying to preserve it. The fact that it's historical, they want to maintain it. So that's a big focus right. on their behalf. I would like to go to this theater. I thought it would be cool to go and the shows. Right. There's a lot right. of acts. There's I, I noticed that there was country to Motown Jeez. to so many things. And they actually have like musicals. Oh, that's cool. And they also have movies, like old timey movies mm-hmm. that they show. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I thought it was like kind of just a grab bag for a lot of people that to sounds enjoy. Like a fun one. They have a lot of rock shows as well. Do they do, do you know if they do any kind of like paranormal tours or anything paranormal wise? I didn't see Maybe that not they them, did, but other but people probably it could do. Be maybe a walking tour mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. some nature. But yeah, I don't think them necessarily. Yeah. All right. Cool story. So when we come back, we'll have our second story. Right now, let's take a short break for a message from our affiliate. How would you like to get back to enjoying books? I know sometimes we don't always have the time for that. But with Audible, it's absolutely possible. Audible is the Internet's leading provider of great titles. 
Now you can enjoy all your audio entertainment in one place. You'll always find the best of what you love and always find something new to discover. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobook titles across every genre, from bestsellers and new releases to mysteries and thrillers, motivation, wellness, paranormal, and much more. It also includes thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, including ours. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Now, I'm actually an Audible member myself, and I can't tell you how convenient it's been for me. I love reading, but I don't always have the time to just sit, focus, and enjoy reading a book all the way through. We all have busy lives and all have a lot of stuff going on. But with Audible, I can read and do something else at the same time. The Audible app makes it easier for me to spend more time listening to and finishing great titles, just like I did with one of my favorites, Life with the Afterlife by Amy Bruni. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. So head on over and start listening. Just visit audibletrial.com slash haunted happy hour. That's audibletrial.com slash haunted happy hour. And we're back now with our next story about the famous Willard Library. The Willard Library in Evansville, Indiana, has been referred to by some as history's candy store. It's known for its extensive genealogy and local history collections, exciting programs for children and adults, rotating historical exhibits, and semi-permanent exhibits of Evansville history and library history. The library's history is an interesting one, one that's steeped in folklore and legends, much of which involves spirits and other paranormal phenomena. In fact, the Willard Library is often referred to as the home of the world's most famous library ghost. The Willard Library was founded in 1885 by the eccentric businessman Willard Carpenter. As one of the wealthiest men in Evansville at the time, he sought to create a lasting legacy, establishing the library as a monument not only to himself, but also as a gift to the city. Willard was known for his philanthropy, giving generously to a variety of causes, including education, the arts, and public health. Many locals called him Evansville's pioneer of public charity. He established a sanctuary for homeless women in 1865 called the Christian Home. He even lent his own basement to serve as a stop on the Underground Railroad for slaves making their way across the Ohio River. He devoted the final years of his life to establishing his library his determination and uncompromising nature 
opened the door for further eccentricities. He was very particular about many things, including the building of this important cultural institution. As such, he was always found on the job site, adding his own personal touches, laying brick, and doing what he could do to advance the construction to his liking. However, at 80 years old, the toll he thrust upon himself by hauling wheelbarrows and climbing the scaffoldings at the construction site weighed heavily on him. In 1883, Willard suffered a massive stroke and passed away on November 6th. He never got to see the building that he worked so tirelessly on to completion. The library opened to the public on March 28, 1885. As a prominent and well-respected citizen of Evansville, Willard's death was widely mourned by the community. In his lifetime, he made significant contributions to the city's growth and development. After his death, Willard was buried in Evansville's Oak Hill Cemetery. Today, his legacy lives on through the Willard Library and through other institutions and organizations that he helped to support during his lifetime. Recognized as the oldest public library building in the state of Indiana, the Willard Library is known for many things, including its impressive genealogical records, extending itself as a great place to start when tracing ancestry or building family trees. Interestingly, the library is also known for its paranormal activity and even has its own resident ghost that is said to haunt the library's stacks. The Grey Lady, as the spirit has come to be named, was first witnessed by the library's custodian in the 1930s. The Grey Lady's presence has been marked by other unexplained occurrences like the smell of perfume, books being moved, and water faucets being turned on and off. While no one knows for sure who the spirit of the Grey Lady is, it has spun some interesting tales. Some believe that the ghost immigrated from a nearby cemetery. Others say that a woman died in the building during its early days and that she liked the library so much that she never left. Yet others lean towards the most widely held opinion that it's the spirit of Willard Carpenter's daughter, Louise. Like her father, Louise Carpenter was a very tenacious and demanding individual. This was blatantly illustrated with the passing of her father. When Willard died, he knew the completion of his library would be in jeopardy due to the funding. So rather than simply leave his entire fortune to his surviving children, he decided to divide it up and leave the bulk of his estate to his library, guaranteeing its completion. As a result, Louise resented him greatly for it. She believed she deserved more. Furious with her father's decision, Louise Carpenter sued the library for access to the inheritance. She ultimately lost her lawsuit creating an extreme animosity and bitterness towards the library. Some say this is why they speculate that Louise is the Grey Lady. 
haunting the library out of spite, unable to let go of what she believed was an injustice. Soon after the Grey Lady's first appearance, other staff and visitors began reporting sightings of the apparition. She's always described as wearing a gray Victorian dress. Sometimes she's seen wearing a gray veil. Other times she's seen without it. She's been reported wandering the halls carrying books. Other times she's been seen perched on the stairways. And in slightly more terrifying accounts, she's even appeared in the elevator where witnesses can do nothing but wait for the doors to open. She's known to be a trickster, making lights flicker, causing toilets to flush on their own, making the elevator go up or down on its own, and misshelving books. Women who visit the building will sometimes experience the feeling of someone touching their hair or earrings while in the library. The Grey Lady also seems to like chairs. She likes to pull them out from under the tables and a couple of people have even felt her cold presence while sitting in one of them. The legend of the Grey Lady began on a winter morning in 1937. As he usually did, the library's custodian came in at 3 a.m. to get the furnace going for the day. Using a flashlight and looking down to see where he was going, the custodian headed for the furnace room in the basement. On his way, it's said that he almost bumped into a figure. When he looked up, he saw a female wearing a long dress and a gray shawl. As he stared at her, she faded into the darkness. After this encounter, the custodian ran out and never came back. Over the years, the library has received so many reports of sightings and paranormal activity that they decided to install webcams so that people from all over could search for the Grey Lady. They have several 24-7 live stream feeds for anyone who wishes to monitor the library. These cameras are set up in different areas of the building, including the children's room and the research room. They're intended to capture any paranormal activity that might occur. The most famous of these cameras is one that is located in the library's stacks and is focused on the area where the spirit of the Grey Lady is said to appear most frequently. Visitors to the library and viewers of the ghost cams have reported seeing unexplained movements, apparitions, and other phenomena on the cameras. The site, with its webcams, has become a virtual ghost hunting mecca. The library has been investigated by several organizations, including TAPS and other paranormal teams. Paranormal investigators that have visited the library all seem to agree that the Grey Lady is not the only entity that roams the building. World-renowned psychic medium and paranormal investigator Lorraine Warren visited the library in the 1970s. When she reached the story pit in the children's area, she was said to have fallen into a trance. She claimed that she had a vision of a woman looking into water and that she felt the spirit there was tied to the land instead of the building. There's a number of stories about books falling off the shelves. 
A former library director once actually instructed employees to no longer tell visitors about the Grey Lady or even acknowledge that she existed. A few days later, a visitor asked one of the children's librarians about the Grey Lady, to which the librarian replied, if she was here, she's not here anymore. Then, almost immediately, a book fell off the shelf. While the legend of the Grey Lady is widely known and has been the subject of numerous books, articles, and television programs, we can't really say for certain who she actually is. Is the spirit that of Louise Carpenter, still angry at the library for taking her inheritance? Is she the soul of a local woman who drowned? Or is she simply someone else who loved books so much that she couldn't leave them, even in death? Whatever the case may be, the legend of the Grey Lady has become an important part of the Willard Library's history and culture, one that continues to attract visitors who are interested in the library's haunted reputation. Today, the library remains an important cultural institution in the city, and it continues to serve the community that Carpenter cared so much about. So, Vanessa. Yes. Do you remember the library at all? I do, actually. Do you? I was wondering if you were going to. (laughs) Why? Well, you know what? It didn't dawn on me until you started talking about the cameras. Yeah. So that's why I was like, oh my gosh, that's that library. That we used to look at. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. actually, and I do remember that back in college, a friend of mine and I, Mm -hmm. we used to spend evenings if we had them free yeah and we'd get on her computer i don't know if you remember those old apple the old max yeah the, the colored ones the colored yeah. ones she had a turquoise one i remember that's what i remember yeah. anyway i remember we used to just have it on while we were just hanging out right just, just and we, to see yeah we would just have it on in the background yeah even, and just kind of periodically just checking just in look. here and there right. yeah i remember too just sitting mm-hmm in in what used to be our old study room at our parents house (laughs) and just watching the cameras i don't even know how we even found out about it i don't remember that i want to say that my friend and i just stumbled upon it stumbled upon it because we wanted to find like spooky stuff that's what really what it was and then we happened to see like live cam feeds and we're like what that's a thing right so then we saw this willard ghost and we're like let's just check it out and see what happens right right. so i think that i must have told you about it and that's how we got obsessed on it i know i remember just sitting there and watching that like (laughs) 24 7 no just sitting there with snacks like it's tv yeah. are, are we gonna see a ghost we're just Let's sitting see. there staring <laughs> but if anybody's interested in in checking them out they're still up of course mm-hmm. it's uh willard w-i-l-l-a-r-d ghost.com mm-hmm. so they have six cameras all of which are placed in different areas where they get the most reports of activity from so there's children's room children's story room a basement hall, which in 2015, they actually, the library, uh, had some remodeling done and like some new additions added in there. 
And one of the things was they had new bathrooms with automatic flushers added. So after they were installed, the toilets would actually constantly flush on their own. That's spooky. Yeah. And so obviously the people were like, what's going on? You know, they called in some plumbers to see if they could figure it out. They couldn't find anything wrong with the toilets. Not surprised. Right. (laughs) And so still every now and then people will hear the toilets constantly flush on their Mm -hmm. own. Yep. So that's an odd one. Uh, They also have cameras in the research room, stairway, and on the first floor, which is like the adult services area. So on that first floor, there haven't been any sightings of the gray lady, but there have been a couple of interesting, unexplained experiences. So staff have noticed strong smells of of perfume. They say it's kind of like a lavender type of smell. Hmm. And it seems to move around the floor and then just disappear. Hmm, Interesting. Then they've also heard the sounds of people or maybe somebody walking on the wooden floorboards. So kind of just like footsteps. And then books falling off shelves and other just random unexplained sounds. Mm -hmm. So that's that's odd because... You know, they have I I, had, I did mention in the story about how, yeah, it's the gray lady, but others do think as well that there's other spirits, which makes sense mm-hmm. with everything that we've researched. Right. And then as far as the gray lady is concerned, mm-hmm. I did hear that some people actually referred to her as almost kind of like a poltergeist mm. because she does like to move things and like throw things around mm, okay. and that's a lot of the things that that they're noticing right. with her okay so that a lot of sense. like books like just go flying off the shelves mm-hmm. wow and so the the library has had like i mentioned various reports of different sightings and some have even been reports of older men and women Young children and even a ghost cat. Wow. Yeah. But I think the thing that caught me the most that I was not aware of was that Ed and Lorraine Warren were here. Yeah, that's interesting. And it's that's a, a new one. It's funny because I was reading an article mm-hmm. or no, I was watching a, a I happened to stumble upon a YouTube video about the library mm-hmm. and they were going around and interviewing uh, some staff and this and this and the staff member that was talking about this incident just referred to um just referred to lorraine as just like a psychic medium and so when i was watching the video i'm like okay just some random psychic (laughs) came you know whatever i'm like okay that's cool but then i started actually reading uh i think it was something from the library and they mentioned that it was ed and lorraine i was like oh my gosh do you know who this is (laughs) i was like oh my gosh i didn't know but it was crazy because in the account by the woman on the video that I was watching, mm-hmm. she was saying that uh, Lorraine was actually at a, a convention of sorts uh, in the area. And she was kind of just asking around, is there anyone is there anywhere here in the area that is essentially haunted anywhere that I should go? And somebody mentioned the Willard Library. So she's like, all right, great. I'll go check it out. So they both head on over and she walks in the library 
she's walking, you know, the whole the whole thing, mm-hmm. every floor, not feeling anything. She's like, uh, I'm not really going to get anything. Yeah. I don't think so. But then when they get to the basement, which is where the children's area is, she's like Yahtzee. As soon as she hit like <laughs> yeah. the, the basement, like the bottom of the stairs, mm-hmm. she's like, oh, OK, I, I feel something yeah. here. So then she's just walking around and then she gets to the reading area mm-hmm. of the children's section and she sits down because it's kind of like those steps, mm-hmm. those step seating. Oh, yeah. Kind of deep. In. Yeah. Yeah. And so she sits down and all of a sudden, like almost instantly, she just goes into like a trance. Oh, wow. And they said that Ed was trying to like talk to her, but mm-hmm. she she was nothing, you mm-hmm. know, and right. she's in this this trance. And when she came out of mm-hmm. it, she did mention that she had like a vision of seeing a woman just staring at water and she felt like this woman was in despair hmm yeah and that's why she was like okay i i had this vision of this spirit Mm -hmm. and i believe that the spirit is here and the spirit is tied to the land not this building Hmm. so that was interesting to Mm -hmm. me i was like who's this Mm -hmm. woman so maybe the building itself was built on something. That's what I wondered. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, because then like the other spirits that are there as well. Right. You know, like passing through. Right. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Because it's odd that there's been other investigators that have gone. But first of all, nobody's really been able to identify whether or not it is the daughter, Louise. Mm-hmm. Which, which, you know. by the way, I was so surprised with that suing incident. Yeah. I'm like, really, you're going to do that? Right. That is right. so rude. Well, and they said, too, like he he left money to the family, you know, to pretty much they were taken care of. So I felt bad for him, too, because it's like he wanted to finish this project right. and, and then, he worked hard and it, he never got to see yeah, it through. That was that, that was, was sad. Bad. And the fact that the daughter was ungrateful. Right. Wow. She was just being spoiled and no she wanted kidding. more money. Gosh. So. I I do believe that it's more than likely her that's wandering. And also, I would hate to be stuck in that elevator. (laughs) Would you have read that? I'm like, no, I cannot right now. Imagine. (laughs) I can't. I would probably pee my pants genuinely. Like what? And you can't do anything, right? Because you're, you're just, like you're just there, you're staring, staring at whatever it right. is in in the elevator <laughs> until it's done, until you hit the floor, and then all of a sudden the doors open up, and, and you, you just, you're you just you don't of, know what to do. There's this puddle of pee on the ground because and people are looking at you like you're nuts. Yeah, because then they wouldn't see anything. <laughs> I'll be like, what's up with this person? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, th- when I read that, no. I was like, oh, uh-uh. that would be that would be scary. No, thank you. That'd be scary. <laughs> but yeah, so there, yeah, like I was saying, there have been uh, a number of investigators that have gone here. One of which was Taps Ghost Hunters. Mm-hmm. They they went to investigate more so because the library invest er, in um, invited them mm-hmm. because they really wanted to find out after you know. All of these reports that they've gotten, if the library was, in fact, haunted, if they did, in fact, have a spirit. So ghost hunters went in, did did their investigation. They did have um, some equipment malfunctions. Uh, They heard footsteps and even saw like a mist cloud of sorts. Hmm. But what was interesting is that after the investigation, they couldn't give a definitive yes or no 
about the library being haunted. No comment. So they <laughs> felt they could explain a lot of the stuff that happened to them that night away. Hmm. But they were saying that, you know, a lot of that stuff, yeah, they could say it was car headlights passing through the windows mm-hmm. or maybe somebody was inadvertently shining a flashlight, which was bouncing off right. something. Right. And that's what they were seeing. Mm-hmm. They couldn't really say who it was or wasn't. Mm-hmm. But all of those 70, 80 years worth of reports mm-hmm. of activity that people have had here is something that they said they couldn't brush off. So that was kind hmm. of odd to me because you have all of these reports for 70, 80 years. You go in to do an investigation <laughs> and you still can't say yes or no. Right. So I was like, that's that's a weird one. That was a weird episode. <laughs> I had no comment. I just figured, <laughs> you know, I mean, what they said was like, you can't really, maybe the ghost just didn't want to come out tonight. Some of the Jeez. stuff that happened, though, I was yeah. like, no, you know, <laughs> you're like, really? No, come on. It's haunted. Come Stop. On, come on, it's, ghost it's haunted. <laughs> but I mean, and I guess that's kind of like what they do. I mean, as opposed to other shows out there that really? that just say everything is <laughs> that's true is haunted and everything's a demon. Good point. So I definitely think though that that this building is haunted. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. To me, mm-hmm. I think that it's Louise. I think that there's other spirits there, and the fact that Lorraine Warren went there yeah. and had these visions. Mm-hmm. You know why? Why wouldn't other people go in and try to do a little bit more, a little bit more, more extensive investigating right? to figure out a little bit more in detail. But I liked this one because I think it reminded me of what this kind of stuff that we would do back in the day. I know. So I think that's why I loved doing this story. So yeah, that was the uh, Willard library in Evansville, Indiana. Before we close it out here though, I just want to remind everyone if you haven't, Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram. By the time this episode comes out, we will have had a couple of fun things come across your Instagram feed. So make sure you're following along to join in on the fun. And with that, until next time, thanks for joining us for another happy hour in the Spirit Lounge. I'm Lily. And I'm Vanessa. And this was the Haunted Happy Hour Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you have Echo devices, an easy way to listen is just say, Alexa, play Haunted Happy Hour podcast. Plus, follow us on Facebook and Instagram to check out our next episode teaser and drink feature. See if you can guess what our next theme will be. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.